0: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Let the Straight Show. It is Monday, April thirteenth, two thousand and twenty. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. I hope you guys all had a terrific Easter and Passover weekend. I'm sure it was just a little weird for everybody, as it was the first one where we've been sheltering in place. Uh unprecedented, guys. Everyone's spending uh, Easter alone. I'm kind of used to it. Mom and I are the only ones that live around here. We don't have any too many relatives around town, so we've been doing most holidays by ourselves. But I'm sure for most of you out there, it was very strange not to be around friends and loved ones or go to church, whatever you usually do on Easter or Passover Sunday. So uh, hope you all got through it okay. Hope you connected with your loved ones in one way or another, either by phone or Skype or whatever you're doing. I saw a lot of cute stories on my social media, Uh, boyfriends and family members leaving Easter baskets outside of doors and visiting over balconies. So that was very, very cool. Uh, I I tweeted about it and, and shared it on social media. They did a fantastic Saturday night Seder live streaming event on Saturday night. Um, hosted by like a night of a thousand stars. There was Jason Alexander, Bette Midler, Ben Platt, Skylar Astin, so many people. It was very, very cool. Um, Just a a night of songs and talking about what Passover means. And uh, it was very, very cool to watch. And just some big name people doing some great music and some great funny stories. Deborah Messing was hilarious. Uh, With Richard Karn, So that was pretty funny stuff. So much stuff going on. We talk about it every week. All the content going on given by everyone right now. A big shout out to everyone putting streaming content out there. All of it is free to watch, but they are taking tips through Venmo or PayPal. Um, Some excellent things that are happening daily. Tommy Daddario, if you don't know Tommy, he's been on Rachel Ray a lot, a lot of ABC shows. He has started a uh, daily web series where he's interviewing celebrities, um, and it's he's just had some great people on. He had Chast and Budaj gotten the other day. Chris um, from Shits Creek today. He's had some inspirational speakers, just amazing. That's on at five o'clock Eastern time every day. Uh, Jonathan Bennett and James Vaughn, his boyfriend, have been doing some hilarious quarantine coffee shows on YouTube. They've been hilarious. Of course, our good buddy Del Shores is doing bedtime stories with Del Shores almost every night and streaming episodes of Very Sorted uh, Sorted Lives, the series. Um, Our buddy Levi Christ has been doing a Sunday streaming. He did a Sunday gospel hour yesterday. It was just freaking, he's such a good singer. Amazing songs. Hope you all binge watching something. If you, if you have something you're watching, share it to me on my social media, you guys. I hope you're following me on social media at uh, Instagram at Twitter. It's at left of straight. That's always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R In the number eight. Let me know what you're watching. Um, I, you know, I love me some superhero shows. There's um, a great anti-hero show that was on like a year ago that I don't know why I never heard about but I finally just streamed it called The Boys. It is on Prime, Amazon Prime. And it's about these superheroes that are not necessarily good people. And it, it's a great series. Um, what's his name, Chance Crawford, who was on Gossip Girl. Totally transformed himself in his body. looks freaking amazing. Plays like an Aquaman type character. But all the characters are really good. Um, What should I call it? Who's the the geeky guy on there? Gosh, I can't think of his name. Um, Son of two celebrities uh, plays one of the leads. But if you like a good superhero show, these are anti-superheroes called The Boys, streaming on Amazon Prime. The second season is coming out very soon, maybe by the end of this month. And then just dropped on Netflix, a new movie called Code 8. And speaking of superheroes, it stars Stephen Amell, who played Arrow on the CW channel for so many years that you know I loved, and Robbie Amell, his cousin, who played Firestorm on The Flash on the CW. So they have a movie that they made together called Code 8, and it has superpowers involved as well. Also kind of an anti-superpower movie. But very good, not showing on Netflix right now. So, if you like the superheroes like I do, be sure to check out The Boys over on Amazon Prime and Code 8 on Netflix. I have been doing interviews like crazy every night now that we're not doing live here. I am doing interviews. I have about eight in the can right now, about eight more to do. I am thinking seriously starting next week. To do five shows a week, Monday through Friday during Corona 2020, because so many of our great friends are out of work right now that I, they're doing streaming things. I just want to bring them on and talk to them about what they're doing during Corona 2020. So look next week. We may be having shows every single day, Monday through Friday, starting next week. So I have so many great interviews that I've either done or that I have set up to do, and I'll talk about more of those at the end of the show today. As you know, I've been doing most of our shows in this fifth season pre-tape. I open them live, opening and closing, then pre-tape the guest interviews. Today I'm doing my first live interview this season, coming up in just a couple of seconds. It's a musical Monday, and I have three amazing singer-songwriters on for you today. Coming up live in just a couple minutes is our buddy Cameron Hawthorne. Uh, his music video last year propelled him into the spotlight. And he has a new single. He's making beautiful music from home during Corona 2020. After Cameron today, I have our buddy David Hernandez coming on to make a return visit to the show. Uh, I just talked to him yesterday, actually. He has some new music coming out very soon. He's doing a weekly quarantine streaming shows on Wednesdays direct from his L.A. Depart- apartment. Third interview today. It's a pre tape I did last week with Jacob Daniel Murphy. He was chosen by Blake Shelton to be on his team for this season of The Voice. Got an amazing sound. I'm excited to be his first radio interview. I think you're going to love him as much as I did. So, great music Monday today with Cameron Hawthorne, David Hernandez, and Jacob Daniel Murphy. So, great stuff for you today. Um, I hope you're all hunkering in there. It looks like we have a couple weeks of trying to figure out how to get this economy open again, getting people back to work, getting things flowing. I don't think it's going to be quick by any means, or if it's quick and not done right, we could be back in trouble again relatively soon. Uh, Have you guys got your $1,200 checks yet? We're waiting for those in the mail, see what happens. Um, But anyway, we're going to do a great show for you today. I'm excited to have Cameron... Hawthorne on in just a couple of minutes and we'll have David Hernandez and Jacob Murphy. Let's go ahead and play a little Cameron Hawthorne. This is his cover of the fantastic Dixie Chicks with Cowboy Take Me Away. This is Left to Straight Show right here on the Left to Straight Radio Network. We'll be back on the other side with our interview with Cameron Hawthorne.
1: I want to
3: touch the earth I want to break it in my hands I want to grow something wild and unruly I want to sleep on the hard ground In the comfort of your arms On a pillow, of blue bonnet In a blanket made of stars Oh, it sounds good Cowboy, take me away, fly this boy as high as you can into the wild blue. Set me free, I pray, closer to heaven above and closer to you. Closer to you. I want to skip and I fall I want to look at the horizon And not see a building standing tall I want to be the only one For miles and miles Except for maybe you And your simple smile Oh, it sounds good to me Yes, it sounds so good me, cowboy, take me away. Fly this boy as high as you can into the wild blue. Set me free, oh, I pray. Closer to heaven above, and closer to you, closer to you. Closer to you Yeah I want to touch the earth I want to break it in my hands I want to grow something wild And unruly Cowboy, take me away Fly this boy as high as he can Into the wild blue Set me free, oh, I pray Closer to heaven above Closer
0: to you
3: Closer to you
2: Alright guys, we're still trying to get Cameron on the line We're having a little audio difficulties here I'm going to go ahead and play the song That got this all started last year Dancing in my living room I'm going to try to get Cameron on the line here We'll be back in just a little bit You'll see the Left to Straight show Here's Cameron Hawthorne Dancing in my living room 10pm
3: We're here again After a bottle
2: All right, guys, we are back. That was Cameron Hawson with Dancing in My Living Room. Guys, we're having trouble with uh, Cameron's connection here. We're going to see if we can get him on a little bit later, see if we can work out what the technical difficulties are. So I'm going to go ahead and play our second interview today with David Hernandez from American Idol. Uh, great singer, great songwriter, doing a fantastic Wednesday show Called Quarantunes Directly live from his living room every Wednesday So uh, this is uh, David Hernandez And Dear My Future Self We'll be back afterwards We're going to try to get camera on a little later on this evening So this is Left of Straight show Right here on the Left of Straight radio network Hold on the line for David Hernandez
0: Dear my future self
2: Welcome back. That was Dear My Future Self from my next guest. He has been on the show a couple of times, such a great friend of the show, good friend of our buddy, Tommy Grossi, of course, and known to you as American Idol, fantastic singer, but gone on to such great things with his own music here. So glad to have him back on the show. Please welcome Mr. David Hernandez. How you doing, buddy?
4: What's up? I'm doing great. How are you doing? How's everyone else doing out there, too? I hope you guys are doing well.
2: There you go. Nothing but a sign. How are you holding up in Corona 2020?
4: Oh, my goodness. Never thought we'd see anything like this in our lifetime. But with that said, uh, I'm doing all right. You know, some days are like really boring and some days are heavy and then some days are filled with like optimism and... I think it's, you know, right now the weather's a little gloomy and it's raining, it's cold, so it's easy to feel like a little mild depression. I know a lot of people I've talked to today are feeling a little gloomy today. And also, right. like Easter coming up, I know people feel, you know, they can't be with their families. But but for the most part, connecting on social media has kind of been um, our, like, saving grace because we can video chat with people and post online, you know, the workout sessions and, like, just spiritual sessions and stuff like that. So I've just been occupying my time basically online and also just um, writing new music and stuff like that. Yeah.
2: That is great. Well, yeah. And I know LA has been rainy while we've been talking to everyone this week here, but it's going to, it's, it's, the sad thing is is if there's any silver linings to all this destruction going on around this virus, I mean, air quality is great. Once it clears up again, it's going to be beautiful blue skies in L.A. once again. Who would have thought, right? And, uh, right. I feel like our so
4: Nature needed a break from us.
2: Exactly. A little bit of silver lining is happening. So hopefully it will help people believe that there is such thing as uh, climate change and what we're actually doing to our planet when they see how quickly it improves upon itself and what we can do to change that. But uh, we'll look for whatever small silver lining we got, right?
4: One hundred percent. Yeah, totally.
2: Well, dude, it's been so good listening to all your music. You're all over the place between L.A., New York, <laughs> everywhere in between, doing live shows. And of course, this quarantine's kind of bagged all that down. But talk about these live shows. Uh, the energy is feeding from it. How you How you enjoying traveling lately? Uh, before all this happened, you've been out a before lot. Before all
4: this happened, trout. Yeah, traveling was great. I had a residency in Mexico, then I was in Miami, and I had a bunch of tour dates that have now either been canceled or rescheduled. So, um, you know, traveling is part of what I've been doing for the last, like, 13 years. I love it. I basically live on an airplane. I live in hotel rooms, and the most exciting part is connecting with people all over the world that have supported me and that have listened to my music or bought my albums. And I just – I really love what I do, and it's just a shame that, you know, I, you know what I do is is basically – human to human contact. so we can't do that right now, so it's all been put to a halt. but I think finding other ways like you know recording in my home and doing every Wednesday night my show quarantooned, which is a full-on hour and a half concert taking requests from people that are watching. I think that that's helped alleviate some of the anxiety and stress of not being able to work. And people have been really, really generous and kind with their donations to keep it going and to keep to keep me making music because obviously, I'm not making any money right now, so people have donated and and continue to, and I'm really grateful for that because it's been a it's been a bit of an adjustment for everybody, including, you know, service workers and entertainment industry has really been hit hard. So,
2: right, you are doing such great work, and we're going to talk all about quarantine in a bit because, like you said, the all the gig workers now. Um, they need something to do, and you're doing a great job with your Facebook Lives. A lot of people do it. They've got fitness trainers doing great fitness online now that you can see. Yeah. And um, being able to tip is so important. I just did an event this past weekend, but this weekend I know West Hollywood's doing West Ho- Weho Night In, where they're asking a lot of people to go online and just pretend they're out and tip their bartender for all the bartenders and service workers out there in the West Hollywood area that have not been making any money for this time. So um, I have a team going on there, and I think it's going to be doing a lot more events.
4: I would love to to tip them as well.
2: send me that information, yeah. I will definitely. Yeah, just we're not going to give lots of money because nobody has any money right now. But if you pretend you were going out for a night, you'd tip your bartender a five or something, whatever you can send out there, and this is all going to go to different service workers in and around West Hollywood, which I really support, so uh, I That's love awesome. people doing this like that, and good for you for. I mean, you were doing this early on. You were an early adopter. I don't know how you were so set up for all this and everything. Did you have you done a lot of this video stuff beforehand? Because you're, you're God, knocking it no. all my friend. No, no, I.
4: You know what? I had I had a show scheduled for March. Um, I think it was uh, what was the date on that? It was it, Whenever this quarantine first happened, I had a show scheduled that week on a Wednesday at Rockwell Table and Stage here in. East Los Angeles, and Love that, that obviously had to be, had. To, yeah, it's a great place. It had to be canceled, though, because, you know, the restrictions started getting stricter and stricter, and we just had to really be be socially sensitive to what was happening. So I decided, I, would, I called my sister, and I was like, hey, I know you have some amazing lighting. Do you mind if I borrow the lighting? She came and she dropped it off at my house, and it was my first time ever doing a live streaming like that. I was super nervous. I set up the lighting. I had to make it just right. I like cleaned up my living room and I just like, <laughs> and I just did it with my best friend, Courtney, and with my two musicians who have now since not been able to join me for the other shows that we've had because of social distancing. But yeah, we just, we just kind of winged it and there was really no right way to do it. We just kind of was our crash course and we did really well. It had like 4,000 views and people were just like, you know, just super excited to to to, to not feel like reality was so heavy. Um but yeah, to answer your question, I had never done a live stream before. That was my that was my very first time.
2: Yeah. Well dude, you're killing it. I mean, with with your voice, with your sound, with your looks, it's a it's a welcome respite from everything going on in this dreary world right now. So Thank keep you. doing uh, what you do and hopefully you don't have to do it for long, but uh you're you're knocking it out of the park, my friend.
4: Well you know what, this has kinda of made me realize though that the people that have never been able to see me live can now do that. So even after all this is over, I still think I'm going to do like two to three live streams a month just to to give my fans and friends that can't be with me in the same city, basically an option to see me live from afar. Cause I think it's still a really great idea. And a lot of people have been doing it
1: for years.
2: No, it is a great idea. And I think it is really had everyone step up their game because it, it is turning different people who work with gig economy that, Sometimes take a job, your gla- classes get canceled by no fault of their own. If you're working for an Equinox and you're a private trainer, and they decide to cancel your class for some reason. You know you have this you can do. If you're a musician or something, you can do this. I've seen stage readings. I've had friends who stage readings. And it's really just great content for the fan and the person out there. But like, It kind of gets you that what social media was supposed to do until everyone got their – privacy blocks and all this other stuff, it really brings that attention back and that intimacy again, right?
4: Well, yeah. And, you know, social media can always be a double-edged sword. You know, there's a lot of, like, you know, cyberbullying and shaming and stuff like that. But I think, you know, there's always a flip side to that, and that is what's happening now is people are connecting more than ever on social media, and it's proving to be a really, like, resourceful tool. And I think that that's, that's the amazing part of social media. Obviously, everything has its pitfalls, but right now it's it's really working to our advantage.
2: Right, right. And we've had you on a couple times over the years now and you have another new um, album coming out. we got Sorry coming out soon. Talk about how your music has evolved for you. How do you feel your sound is involved? What is it like for you to make music? Do you have any, um, is anything exciting for you? What's exciting you these days? Um,
4: my music has definitely evolved over the years. I think it's just become more authentic to who I am and to my experiences and like what I go through. Like I've lived a lot of life and like went through ups and downs and stuff. And I think that that's definitely, I'm just able to be more honest now with just my personal life and professional life. So with that comes, you know, honesty in the music. Um, And sorry, I wrote with a good friend of mine, Michael Orland, who was the musical director on idol for many years. That's how we met went on tour together and everything. And, I recorded it early last year at his studio at his house and I actually wrote the song for, we wrote it for like a country artist. I I had in mind like Rascal Flatts or Lady Antebellum or just that kind Mm -hmm. of vibe. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, we hadn't really shocked it that much, but then I decided, well, we can still get an artist to sing it, but I'm going to go ahead and release it on my own, just a certain version of it. And then if someone wants to recut it, down the road and, and make it more country they can totally do that but yeah I wrote sorry um with Michael and it kind of came from a place of like sometimes when you say sorry it's just not enough and it's too late and you have to just let bygones be bygones and I know a lot of people if not everyone can relate to that where you just were like I'm sorry and they're like no nah, i too late you should have said that like months ago or you know a few days ago because now I'm over it but
2: um right, but, yeah right. so I felt
4: like it was relatable so yeah my music has changed and um, I get inspiration from like a lot of different things and people through conversations and stuff. And I just jot them down in my, in my notes on my phone. And then later we make a song out of it.
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, I like, And I like what you said about the authenticity. I mean, you've been so kind to me. to like, play your music between my guests and everything. And from way back in Beautiful to I get lots of comments. Coat of Armor and gear My Future Self, which I played your way in, I get comments every time how they love those songs. Really? Kingdom, I'm in love with. So you just really you. talk about authentic-sounding lyrics and voice. You've got it, my friend. I appreciate it.
4: Well, I appreciate you playing my music and supporting it. I'll, I'll let you play my music any And I noticed when you had me on hold, you were playing Dear My Future Self. And that song was like, I lo- that was like therapy for me. I recorded it with my good friend Eddie Wall and Daniel Bronstein. And we, I think we wrote it in like 40 minutes. Because, I mean, wow. you can give me anything about pain or self-actualization, and I'm just like, I'm there. Like, you just <laughs> jot it down, and the words just flow out. Now, if you ask me to write a song about going to a club and partying, it takes me a little longer. Because I'm like, okay, well, I don't really go to clubs, and I don't really party too much. But um, but I can do it. It just takes me a little longer. I'm, I'm much easier writing, like, sad songs that make you want to, like, cry. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) And tell me how you're
2: adapting to the music scene now, because it has changed so much from albums to singles to now streaming where you get, like, pennies per time. Um, How does that make you – how does the business side come about? Do you you have to think of that ahead of time?
4: Well, um, you know, I I have a publishing company that looks out for my best interest when it comes to, like, sync work. So I do a lot of songs, for like, film and television and also jingles. Um, so that kind of stuff also gets published, and then you know, BMI cuts me a check every few months, and it's not a lot of money. Everything ha- has really changed in terms of streaming and stuff. It does accrue, and I do get paid off of like, the things that I release, like Kingdom, the mixtape, and like, my new single coming out. But it does take months to accrue, and it's definitely not how it, how it used to be from what I hear. Um, I kind of came nice. in the music scene at an age where this was already starting to shift and it was becoming less of the physical CDs and more of digital. So that was, um, you know, that w- that's back in, I don't know, I think it was like 2009 or 2010 when I released I Am Who I Am. It was 2011, actually, and that was that was all digital. That was through cdbaby.com. And that, you know, I didn't, you, it, it started to adjust about that time. So I don't really remember a time when, when I was selling CDs except for being on tour where it was generating money That's in chores cool. like that never happened for me. So right. I'm, this is what, this is like the norm for me. It's what I've been used to, but I will say that the more people stream and the more people buy music online, it does add up and it does contribute. So don't think that you're not helping an artist pay his bills and, and put out more music. You definitely are. And I think that um, even on like YouTube, when you watch videos and stuff, YouTube can be monetized, so you can still make money off of those views. Um, right. So I think that's also important for people to remember, yeah, for sure.
2: Very, very cool. Let's talk about Quarantine for a second. Um, how are you designing these shows? Do you go with a theme, or how are you coordinating what you want to present? How's that working out for you, and what's, what's your thought process going into these?
4: Well, I kind of let the audience decide what the theme is for the most part, because it's, it's the whole show – it's basically requests. I mean, I have songs that I do. Like last week, I was kind of feeling inspirational. So I did A Change Is Gonna Come. I sang Hero by Mariah Carey. Um, I did, a, you know, a bunch of stuff that was uplifting. But then people, I leave it kind of up to the audience to say, like, where they kind of want to steer the show. And last week, they're for a lot of people ask. yeah, it's kind of cool. It makes them, you know, it's interactive and it makes people feel heard in a time when you can't really interact with people physically. So I, I thought that was really cool. And it kind of evolved into that. Um, I have never been a fan of taking requests because I've always thought of myself as I don't know a lot of songs and I just know what I know and I make the set list and this is what the set list has to be. But this has really kind of stretched my, my muscles and my repertoire and brought me out of my comfort zone because people will request, like, I think someone the other day requested, we belong together by Mariah Carey. And I had to bring up the lyrics on my computer and I just kind of winged it and it was okay. It was cool. And then, you know they go ahead and they Venmo me you know 10 bucks 20 bucks whatever it is and they're just like that that was they just felt like that, they were hurt in that moment they wanted to hear me sing that song so it's kind of taken a life of its own and I'm I'm really grateful for it so I kind of hesitate to create like a theme I know what songs I want to sing going into it but I kind of leave it to the audience to say like we want it we want it to be like R&B night or tonight we want it to be country and someone had me seen Roscoe Flats the other night so it's just like we bounce around and I just give the people what they want
2: that is great i love that and you have the voice for it my friend uh so so quarantine happens every
4: wednesday night at 7 p.m pacific standard time so that's 8 p.m mountain standard 9 p.m central and 10 p.m eastern and it's we we start about 7 7 702 and i go for like an hour hour and a half hour and 45 it just depends on how many people stay online um and yeah, and then I have special guests call in. Like I just had Just Sam from American Idol this season, who's in the top 20, call in on Wednesday. And then I had my good friend, Sharnese Cobbins from season two of American Idol, call in. I've had in Epi Cicero. Like I just have all these, like, random guests that'll log on and request. And some of them I ask to come on, but other ones are just totally random. And I'll just have them on to talk, and then they'll sing a little song. And, and people love it. They're like, I remember her from season two, or I remember her from season seven. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah. Just, that is for.
2: fantastic. And talk about that because, like you said, these go an hour and a half. That's a long set for if you're going live at a club. How do you deal with that stamina and how do you keep your voice strong Are you good? while you're preparing for this? Are you still doing your regular exercises and proper health and everything to keep your voice strong for this? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean,
4: it's important to stay healthy, especially with this epidemic, you know, floating around. Um, but it is a long time to perform. I, I thank you for acknowledging that. But I do. I will say that um, I, I give, like, we do moments of, like, Q&A, and I also play some of my favorite hip-hop songs in between, and I dance around a little bit to kind of give people energy, you know, because I know a lot of people have nice. been, like, sitting on their couches or laying in bed, and, like, I want them to get lit with me and just, like, I have a cocktail next to me. And, honestly, an hour and a half goes by really quick when you're talking to people and engaging in co- and reading the comments. And I don't know if you've seen the show yet, but it doesn't really feel like an hour and a half. It kind of just feels like you're hanging out with your friends in a living room and d- singing karaoke. It's, it's a lot of fun. I, I honestly have to cut myself off because I'm like, okay, my neighbors are probably going to kill me <laughs> now at this point. So let me just, uh, <laughs> let me just wrap this up, but people stay yeah, on. I popped in a couple time.
2: times. I can't stay that long. There's so much great content that I have so many guests coming on the show that I'm trying to, <laughs> To spread the, but you are you sound amazing. But like I said, you look and sound amazing. The times I popped in, it's just great stuff for you. Um, And talk about now we're doing this, so it is helping you raise money. You take both Venmo and like support you while you're doing this.
4: Yeah, I mean, any donation is welcome, and if you can't financially donate, just emotionally donate, you know, get online and just comment with some hearts or request a song, and I'll sing it for you. You don't have to donate for me to sing the song for you, but it always is appreciated, obviously, because we're all struggling out here. My Venmo is david-hernandez-1, and then my PayPal is my email, which is solidhits1 at gmail. That's S-O-L-I-D-H-I-T-S, the number one, at gmail.com. So either form, and I also have Cash App, too, which is just David Hernandez music um but during the live stream I also put that information in there so just in case I'm talking too fast you can always just read the information everywhere
2: right and then one of the last things I want to talk about, you, as long as a lot of great um, celebrities and singers are doing, you have the option of getting shout-outs for friends and family and stuff on Cameo. Talk about what that's been like. I think that's such a cool thing for people that are looking for that in-person experience or may have a, be a fan that are too shy to say something and a friend can get it for someone else. Talk about Cameo a second. Yeah,
4: Cameo is something I just joined. It's really cool. Um, it's like a personalized video message and I basically leave it up to the person that's requesting it, whether they want me to talk or sing or do both and I'm willing to do whatever. I, I love I do customized songs for people. I also do if they if they say, Hey, I wanna know what love is by foreigners, one of my favorite songs, we sing that for my spouse for our anniversary, then I hop on for like a minute and a half and I'll do that for them and wish them well, happy anniversary. So it's a cool way to connect with people and for them to always have that because live streams tend to go away but you can save that video and keep it for like the rest of your life and i don't know you know and and just basically you know remember that moment in time and it's 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 a lot of fun and it doesn't take me that long to do i set up my tripod and it's it's super user friendly and people get it right away when i
2: send it so it's fun that that is awesome well i'm so proud of the way that you and your fellow artists i would have really stepped up to the plate during this kind of bad time we're going through to give us this content. Um, You're streaming it for free and people really need to chip in and be tipping and, and requesting. And I think it's a great option for both the fans and the artists. So thanks for doing all you're doing, my friend.
4: Well, thank you so much for acknowledging that. And I appreciate you interviewing me and giving me a platform and creating awareness for people like me and others that are, Going through this and super hit hard financially by all of this, and it just feels good to be able to connect on some level with people. So I appreciate you um, doing that.
2: You are very welcome. We have not got to meet in person. I'm jealous of my buddy Tommy. You guys have got to see each other a couple times, but I bring my show to California every summer. But you're always touring. But if I get out there this summer and things you're not touring, we're going to have to get you to Palm Springs. I do a month of live shows in Palm Springs. So we'll have to try to get that. Oh yeah, I would, I would
4: love to do it. I know the I, I haven't done the Purple Lounge. I've done Copa Room years ago, but I haven't done the Purple Lounge. And I know there's a couple other ones out there that I haven't. Two Cans, maybe?
2: Yeah, Two Cans is good.
4: Yep, that's a good place.
2: Yeah, we'll cool. you'll have to help
4: me get some gigs out there. Let's do it.
2: I will do it, man. I will book you everywhere I can for sure. And in case uh, Facebook and people f- want to follow you and see where your upcoming gigs are once this gets over with, Give everyone your website again and your social media they can follow you on at least to find out what's happening in David Hernandez's life.
4: Sure, my website is davidhernandezofficial.com, and my social media for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are d Hernandez music. That's d h e r n a n d e z m u s i c. So that's it. that's pretty much. I made that. I did that on purpose so it was easy for everyone to find
2: me. There you go. Well, David, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, keep yourself healthy. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself sane in these crazy times we're living through. But I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for being a great friend of the show. That sounds
4: good. Thank you so much. I brought you, soon.
2: All right. Stand the line for me, David. We're going to play out to my favorite song of David's right now, Kingdom, show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Giving blood and soul For the right to bear this crown You came in like a whisper Hit me like a battle cry Breaking my defenses When you don't even try Every little part of me says no Every little part of me just won't let you giving in to giving you control, you know the words that tear down these walls, cause you're taking all, all of me, take all the air, air, I believe, I've always I try ignore We push and we pull and we take. Through. Is it love anymore? Every little part of me says no. Every little part of me just won't let it.
2: Alrighty, guys, we are back. That was the great David Hernandez. Thank you so much for that interview, David. Really, really appreciate it. Guys, so lucky to have uh, our connection okay with Cameron now. I think we got him on the lines. We're going to be able to talk to Cameron tonight. So uh, let's go ahead and get right on to it. You heard earlier his amazing cover of one of my favorite Dixie Chicks songs. I'm so excited to have him back on the Leftist Trade Show. It's been almost exactly a year since I had him on the show after his hit single, Dancing in My Living Room, exploded on the music scene, has an amazing country vibe, and the story behind it where he publicly came out to his fans was just an amazing journey. Since then, he's been honing his music skills, performing around the country until, of course, Corona 2020 hit. He's released an amazing single with its own accompanying line dance. So let's go ahead and talk to him. Please welcome back to the show, the handsome, the charming, the talented, Mr. Cameron Hawthorne. Cameron, how you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, Scott. How's it going? Sorry I missed you earlier, but I'm glad I'm connected We made here. it
2: happen, dude. We made it happen. Corona 2020, everything is crazy, right?
1: <laughs> you know what? It is. It really is. Everything's thrown off.
2: How you holding up, man? Are you... Uh, you're Nashville area, or where are you at right now? I'm actually in Dallas
1: right now. I'm um, quarantining with my parents right now.
0: Nice. I was, in, nice. Um,
1: I was in Florida for a week, and then everything started going crazy. And um, I was actually traveling with my mom. And then my mom was like, you know what? Why don't you come home during this time? I was like, you know, I think that'd be smart. So I'm in Dallas.
2: There you go. It's nice to be with family when you can. I kind of take care of my 81-year-old mom here. So I've been with her the past five weeks, and uh, we haven't driven each other oh, up a tree good. yet. How are you guys holding up? You guys doing okay? <laughs> or at each other's neck. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah.
1: I get along with my parents very well. So, yeah, I'm thankful to be here.
2: Nice. We had a great interview last time. We talked about where you grew up a bit, your coming out story. So go check out the and Archives for that. I want to move on. Let's talk about uh, this merry-go-round. It really started going faster and faster last year when you released Dancing in My Living Room. Tell me about this past year's journey. Uh, what's the most surprising thing you found out maybe about yourself or the music business in general during this time?
1: Uh, well, in the last year, I've uh, moved to Nashville, um, and that's been really exciting um, and really important to me to be there, just to be a part of um, the community of, of Nashville and country music. And I think maybe that's one of the biggest things I'm learning about, um, you know, myself and with like and being in country music and, and just being a part of Nashville is how important it is to be a part of that community and um there's so much history there and i love the history of it and i'm getting to you know learn more and more every day about it and get right with people in nashville i think is um a huge part of me being there so um yeah it's been a big growing experience this last year i've been able to write a bunch already um I'm excited about some new stuff I have coming out really soon. So and all of that is, um, you know, thanks to Nashville. I think
2: such a music town there. I mean, there's always a gig playing different nights. I have a couple of friends that live there, and uh, it's just it's it's always something happening. And I guess it's got to be inspiring as hell when you're listening to so many different styles and different people. And it's got to really kind of help your creative juices go, I can imagine
1: yeah oh my gosh there's so many talented people there it's crazy um yeah from the songwriter around you know and and of course all of the the country art, like the established country artists that that live there and play there often so yeah it's it's super inspiring I mean I was in Los Angeles and that's an inspiring city as well um for different reasons but I think Nashville is really about the songwriter and that's always been the first and foremost important thing to me um, as an artist so i think i'm
2: you know i'm meant to be there right now that's fantastic well you are definitely talented to tell yourself my friend has your music evolved at all since moving there do you feel yourself being influenced in different ways or the other talk about how your sound is developing what your style is um yeah i i mean I think that
1: Nashville is uh, i've gone gone back and forth from l a to nashville um for a for a while for like the last probably almost ten years and um I've always known that Nashville' is about the lyrics, and lyrics have always been really important to me as well, but I think I'm you know really getting to dig into um Just being even more vulnerable uh, in in terms of what I want to say as an artist and like the storytelling in my music um, and and getting like really specific and nitty gritty with some stuff that I want to say. So, yeah, I would say just the vulnerability there, I think, is is really what I'm leaning into. Mm,
2: I love that. That is so cool. And let's talk a little bit um, that you made that cover of the Dixie Chicks we played a little earlier today. What does that song to mean to you and why did you decide to cover it?
1: Well, I love the Dixie Chicks. My sister actually had that album growing up, but I think I'm I'm pretty sure I knew every song on the album <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> and
2: um,
1: yeah, I was just thinking about songs that I wanted to cover and, and artists that I like and that song, um, yeah, I, I was actually out on a boat with some friends over the summer, and that song came on a playlist, and um, and I was just like, this song is so, everybody loves this song. I mean, if you love country music, you know that song, and you love it, and right. I thought it would just be a really cool, um, I've never heard a guy sing it, so I was like, why not, why not tackle that?
2: I like that. Very, very cool. And then you came out with your single Oh Hot Damn. We're going to play out that at the end. It's own line dance with it. Tell me about the inspiration for that. You were working up a sweat on that, my friend. I like both your videos. You got a how to line dance video plus a very sexy, uh, sexy video for it. Talk about how that song came about.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Um, oh, ha! Damn, was the, the video was so much fun to make. The line dance was so much fun. You have to learn it, Scott? I don't know if you're doing line dancing, but it is. <laughs> even if you don't, it's so fun to do um, once you get it. Because I, I, I like to line dance, but I, when, um, when I had this song choreo, when I, I had uh, a friend choreograph this, and. Um, he showed me the dance, and I was like, ooh, that's pretty hard. I don't know if I can do that. It's, there's some hard moves in that. <laughs> but once you get it, it's so fun. It's really good. Like, I don't know, it kind of gets you going. It's kind of a good workout. I think during this time, actually, with the, the whole quarantine that we're in, it's the perfect time to learn it. So, yeah, there is a, there is a, um, a video I made where you can go learn it. But the song came about um, – I actually was going into the studio to record um, a ballad. I had been been going and thinking about a ballad that I wanted to to record. And the night before, I had this little um, rekindling with an old flame. And it was pretty hot. And I went in (laughs) the next morning to the studio. And I couldn't stop thinking about it and I was like telling my producers about it and um actually I had like (laughs) I had written or I had um recorded in my phone a little voice memo um of literally me just saying like oh hot damn and I was literally just saying it over and over
0: again and I think I said like another line too in there
1: but I brought okay. that in and I had written down like some meta, some of the metaphors that actually showed up in the song. I had kind of jotted down um, literally after this rekindling. So it all kind of started from that. And, and my producers were like, this is awesome. We have to write about this. It's fresh. It's, uh, it's exciting. And
2: yeah, we did. There you go. Country from what you know, man. Comes from what you know, and that's kind of cool. I like that. Well, it's so much fun. Like, There's not that many chubby cowboys. That line dancing, man, That that's a good workout, as you say. You're you're moving. How's <laughs> some your little bunnies there? <laughs>
1: it's true. It's true. I taught my mom while I was home the other day, and she was like, damn, it's a good workout.
2: There you go. Well, like I said, both videos are great. You teach and everyone how to dance. It was fun. And then the other video is sexy as heck. The ending is like, is he with her? Is he with him? You're a little confusing. I knew where you were going, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I had who I wanted you I to mean,
1: with. I mean, you can guess, right? <laughs> you can guess.
2: I had my choice. I'll let you, who I you with. So There you go. I love <laughs> that. Very, Very cool. So much fun. Well, let's talk for a second about what we're doing here in Corona 2020. Um, you've talked about, uh, you've been open and honest with your fans on your uh, social media. You've talked to therapists at the time to time. I've talked about it over the air for the last few weeks. to mine again, just because we have so much crazy times in front of us. Talk about how getting your thoughts out there helps clear your mind and, and what you're doing to keep yourself kind of um, just, getting through this time
1: yeah it's hard it's it can be hard i think um obviously we're all sort of in the same boat of just being stuck at home and out of our routines and um i mean i love my therapist i i actually haven't been talking to her as much during this time just because i feel like i've been talking to a lot of my friends during this time which can often i think be you know a, a good place to turn as well um just to get to right, talk right. your mind and we're all doing that to each other but yeah i'm usually on the regular I'm, I'm talking to my my therapist and i love her um so yeah during this time i i've been trying to write um i've been trying to take this time to write um but i'm not gonna lie like i go through days when i'm like what am i doing today <laughs> like,
0: you know, we're,
1: I think we're all trying to figure out, like, what our stuff is now that
5: things are kind of thrown off.
1: Um, so there's good days and there's bad days, and I think that um, that's okay. I think right now it's it's almost like a reset time for all of us to, you know, reevaluate what's important, and, yeah, I think that's totally okay. So,
2: yeah, there you I go. I like through it. All you know, that, though, as long as you have to someone out. to talk to, I, I agree hundred percent. Whether you're talking to friends, a family, yeah. uh a therapist, as long as you have someone there, you can't isolate in these times, that's for sure. So I think that's the important thing. So well said. Yes, I agree. And plus, you don't, you're not allowed to get out there and find any uh, re-hookups, so it's hard to write music when you don't have the inspiration there, right? <laughs> we need another hot dam out there. You've got to get the inspiration there. We're stuck with that six feet apart. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but you have yeah, been doing true. some great um, music at home. You've been doing some live streaming. Talk about how that is kind of connecting one-on-one. had David Hernandez on earlier. He's doing a weekly quarantine series where he's singing and uh, a lot of artists are really coming up with some creative ideas for their fans. It also lets them make a little money. People send a little Venmo or PayPal or something. How are you liking doing the live singing um, over the uh, video?
1: Yeah, I've, I've done it once and it was cool. I mean, I've done a couple of live things before and it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, you're right. A lot of people are doing it right now. I think it's, I think it's, it's, I think it's, uh, what's the word? Um, it's, it's, it's bringing a lot of joy, I think, in these times of like when you turn on the news and it's all you hear about is the coronavirus. It's nice to right. like, get to kind of tune that out with music. So, um, yeah, the one I did, um, a few weeks ago now was a lot of fun. I just played some songs. It was really nice just getting to like, uh, chat with, with people and hear you know people's what people are up to and that they're enjoying the music and then I mean, last week I uh, I did a live lesson of the line dance that we were just talking about so that was a lot of fun too and I'll probably do another one soon I'm sure so yeah
2: nice so well, keep up that content I love seeing you there man and I mean I don't know if you were just present or what but a couple uh, months back you decided to come up with a line of uh handkerchiefs your own cameron uh handkerchiefs there which is very cool and now we're after we need to wear a mask and they kind of work out perfect for that talk about how you came up with that line and where they can find that at
1: yeah it was it was kind of interesting timing I guess. but um yeah i love rocking a bandana every once in a while and um i decided to do some as a part of um some new merch that I had come out recently, had some shirts and, and I made the bandanas as well. And so when the CDC, I'm pretty sure now the CDC is saying is recommending everyone to wear bandanas because it kind of started off, I think in Los Angeles and New York, but I know right. here in Dallas, even a lot of people are wearing masks. And, um and since they um, recommend, you know, the the medical masks to be used for, Nurses and doctors and people in the medical fields. Um, right. I think bandana is kind of the second option. So when I heard that word bandana, I was like, "Oh, wait! I have a box full of those that I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm, you
1: know, have for for music and stuff." So I was like, "I might as well try and put this to good use." So um, and not only does it um, still support me as an artist during this time, but it um, for every bandana I sell, I'm going to give a dollar to Vanderbilt, which um, following the footsteps of Dolly Parton, who made a generous donation, um, I believe one of her friends who was working at Vanderbilt um, told her that they were really making a lot of headway with finding a cure um, or a vaccine rather for um, the coronavirus. So when I saw that, I was like, I want to give in some way as an independent artist, um, you know, any way that I can. So yeah. So with every bandana sold, uh, I'm going to donate a dollar, and then you're also supporting me as an artist, so I'd appreciate it.
2: Well, that's fantastic. And you get to look Very cool in a little, the red little and the blue. as well. Exactly. Cameron Hawthorne bandanas, they have the CH uh, monogram in the middle of them there. You can use them for a mask. You can help donate money to COVID-19 here, so go to out. I'm telling you, you, mister, your eyes, I I even commented on your social the other day, your eyes have always been gorgeous, but with you behind that mask and that picture, your eyes pop, buddy. You got some gorgeous eyes, my friend.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate
2: it, Scott. And what do you have on tap musically for you? You're going to be doing some, you're doing some writing now. You said you got a couple songs under your belt. Uh, What's your plan? Are you going to start releasing singles kind of one at a time since that's how music's going these days or are you trying to put a story together for an album what's your goal
1: yeah my goal um my goal before all this went down in the world was um an ep and i'm still working towards that ep so i'm a little unsure of how it's all going to unfold now but um there'll definitely be uh another single soon um and then it's all going to be leading to an ep and i have a, a few other little surprises in there so yes whether we come out of quarantine sooner or later there will definitely be uh, new music coming soon
2: fantastic well you got to come back and promote that as soon as it's ready Uh, I'm going to finish up with a little bit of we've been doing five questions on all my pre-tape I'm doing a lot of pre-tape interviews this season but we're live I still want to do five questions with you so we're going to do a little Silly five questions with Cameron Hawthorne here, if you're up for it, my friend.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's right.
2: All right. Five questions with Cameron Hawthorne. Left and Straight shows all about entertainment, foodies, books, pop culture, and advocacy. Let's start with food. What is your favorite food? And you're traveling all over the place. Do you have a favorite restaurant anywhere to tell us about?
1: Favorite food would be salmon. And mm, their restaurant, that's a tough one. Um, I also, you know, I love salmon, but I also really love Mexican food. So I'm going to go with uh, Mariano's here in Dallas. They have an amazing margarita and uh, brisket tacos are really good there too.
2: Ooh, I like that. I like a good brisket taco and margaritas and never turn one of those down. Are you a reader at all? Question two, do you have a favorite book, author, or genre when you have time to read?
1: You know, I've been trying to get back into reading during this uh, during this time, and I just actually ordered – my friend um, suggested that I order – I've been watching a lot of RuPaul, but um, my friend was like, well, you need to read his book because it's really good. So I just ordered that. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I've, I have no doubt it's going to be amazing. Rupal's a very inspiring author and person in general.
2: Definitely. That is definitely true. And DragCon has been postponed. I'm so disappointed. I was going to try to hit that in LA this year. Um, oh, right. bummer. I know. Isn't that a bummer? All right, question number three, my friend. If you could sing... One song out of your genre, who would you like to cover or what song would you like to sing? Um,
1: I, let's see, what would we, hmm. I'm going to go with Johnny Cash and. No, you got to go
2: outside your genre. You can't stick and cover. Oh, you got to go outside oh, your, your you genre. i in the genre. Now outside the genre.
1: Outside the genre. Okay. Um, outside the genre. How about some um, Stupid Love by Lady
2: Gaga? Nice. I like it. Very, very cool. That would be kind of fun. And of course, everybody fanboys over little Cameron Hawthorne music. Who do you fanboy over and who would be one of your favorite people to collab with right now?
1: Um, who do I like as an artist? Who I fanboy over?
2: Yeah. So, huh?
0: Hmm.
1: I fan. Oof. Uh, is this is this a male artist or a female?
2: It could be whichever you want.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Lana Del Rey. I think anything she puts out is so magical and. Mysterious, and I would love to collab with her.
2: Nice. I like that. And she's
1: beautiful, right?
2: No, oh, she is. She really is. All right. Last question. You're stranded on an island. What CD or album do you bring? And who do you bring? And this has to be a guy.
1: What was the first part? Sorry, you cut out there.
2: Um, What? CD or album do you bring and who do you bring with you if you're stranded on an island?
1: Mm, Let's see. I would bring Jake Gyllenhaal. No doubt. And then I would bring an album. Hmm. I'm going to go with some Johnny Cash, like a classic Johnny Cash album. I feel like I
2: could live with that. There you go. Very good. All right, that's five questions. I'm going to give you one bonus question, though. We are in Corona 2020. Once uh, we're allowed to get out of the house again, where's the first place you want to go local? And where, if if time and money was no object, where would you like to get away to to put all this behind you?
1: Uh, I want to go to the beach. I need a big old beach vacation. So that's going to be... Hopefully somewhere tropical and far away (laughs) and then local. um, Well, I'll put myself back in Nashville and, uh, you know, I think I might want to go to uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame because that place always just fills me with joy and, uh, you know, inspires me. So I'm sure I want to get re-inspired after all this.
2: I like it. Well, Cameron Hawthorne, thank you so much for being on The Leftist Straight Show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for doing five questions. Give everyone your website again and where they can follow you on social media, please.
1: Yeah, it's just CameronHawthorne.com. Um, and my Instagram is, uh, and all social media is Cameron, uh, at Cameron Hawthorne, no vowels. So it's C-M-R-N-H-W-T-H-R-N. And thank you so much, Scott.
2: Hey, buddy, I always like talking to you. I can't wait to hear the new music once we get out of all this. Stay on the line for me. Guys, we're going to play out with another little country. Our good buddy, um, Matt Van. Actually, no, let's play out with your song. That just doesn't make any sense not to play your new single. So let's go ahead and play it. Get everyone, get their boots on. We'll do a little line dance in here. And let me pull it back up because I moved everything because I'm an idiot. Here we go. There we go. All right. Let's go ahead and play a little bit of Oh, Hot Damn from Cameron Hawthorne. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Here we go. Yeah. Big thanks to Cameron Hawthorne for calling him there. We finally got our technical difficulties straightened out. So excited to have him on the show again. Please uh, check out his website. Get one of his bandanas if you can't find any masks out there because we are supposed to be saving those medical-grade masks for our doctors and nurses. Guys, it's time for our last interview of the night, and I'm so excited to bring him to you, uh, Jacob Daniel Murphy was on this season of The Voice. He was picked by Team Blake Shelton. He has an amazing voice. He's an amazing talent. And just a super sweet guy. I had a great conversation with him last week. So I'm going to bring this little pre-taped interview to you. We had a little bit of a hiccup on the thing, so you hear a couple of clicks on there with the connection. But a great interview with him. We're going to start off with our buddy, Matt Van Fossen. Where are you going to run to now? And on the other side, in my interview with the amazing Jacob Daniel Murphy. Guys, have a lot good night. We're going to log out after that. Thanks for being part of the Left of Straight show. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. <laughs> The way you guys and gals we are back that is our buddy matt von fossen with where you're going to run to now my next guest i'm so excited to have on he was on this season's singing competition the voice where he was picked by blake shelton one of the winningest coaches on that show i was so happy to be introduced to him by our good buddy zach day who was on the show last week his voice is amazing he has a great smile and amazing personality to match um Wish we could take him all the way to the end, but unfortunately, as you saw with me last week, he is that. But we're going to see so many great things coming from him in the future, I'm sure. Please welcome to Left of Trade Show for the very first time, Mr. Jacob Daniel Murphy. Jacob, how you doing, buddy? I am great, Scott. How are you? I am doing okay. It's so nice to have you on the show. How is everything in beautiful Thank downtown you. Southern California where you're at right now?
5: You know, it, it's a little eerie at times, but, I mean, it's all right. I'm just kind of, you know, keeping busy in this little self-isolation quarantine pit.
2: There you go. Well, I'm glad you're keeping healthy and sane in there. It is a very weird time. As I was talking off air, <laughs> I am from L.A. originally, and I go back quite often every year. And mm-hmm. I would freak out if I could actually see no movement on the freeways. It would be a beautiful thing. But uh, yeah. you can't go anywhere. So what's the point in getting out, right? Might exactly. as well stay home like yeah. we're supposed to. Well, yeah, buddy, it's, it's good to have you on the show. Weird. Oops, go ahead. Thank you.
5: Oh, so, no, no, I was just going to say, yeah. Um, no, it was, it's was. it been weird, but, yeah, it's been It's cool to kind of, you know, making use of the time. So, yeah.
2: There you go. Well, I'm so excited to get to meet you. Like I said, um, I saw you on The Voice. I watch The Voice every season and <laughs> did not know you were out. And uh, Zach told me in your interview, he said you were very kind to let me know that we're allowed to talk about it. And I wanted to get you on the show, like I said, not because you're LGBT gay, but because you're just an amazing singer. So thanks so much for taking the time to come on.
5: I really appreciate it.
2: Well, it's your first time on the show, and I always like to get to know a little bit about people when they first come on. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What kind of a Mm -hmm. kid were you? And what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs>
5: yeah. Um, so I am originally from a suburb of Sacramento called Elk Grove and um I was born to a Filipino mother and an Irish Mexican father. Um, as a kid I was just very kind of all over the place. Um, you know, I, I loved to do like a lot of different things. Um my personality was just kind of just all over the place as well. <laughs> um and Irish
2: and Filipino. Just, that had to be loud. That had to be a loud household. <laughs> very, very loud.
5: It's funny that you say that. It was very loud because, yeah, um, there's a lot of the Irish. We, we Irishmen have our our short fuses, so it was it was fun growing <laughs> up. With that. Right. Um, but yeah, and then i um, growing up. Um, I, I mean, change in terms of like what I wanted to do growing up, but they started to solidify in terms of just like music singing um when I kind of got into middle school and high school because that was something that was just always around in my life and um it's something I just gravitated toward so yeah
2: nice I love that I'm glad you're able to follow your dreams that is so cool now talking about you. Uh, as I said you're part of our LGBTQ community um what mm-hmm. was your first time you actually came out to yourself and who was the first person you actually came out to
5: yeah um so it's it's kind of it's kind of complicated actually it's, it's kind of a that's a loaded question but basically um i I grew up in like a christian household and um I kind of knew that something i knew something was different like growing up because i think right. i was it was funny i was I was listening to Zach's interview with you, and you know he kind of said it perfectly in terms of just like you just know people in our community we just know. Like when you're growing up, it's something like different, but but special, like about you. And um, I had kind of like known that growing up, I just didn't know like what it was. And so um, I kind of started understanding more and more as I got into like middle school and high school. I had taught. I'd kind of like talked to some of my friends and kind of some of my friends um, in my church group, no less, um, because I didn't really have a lot of friends outside of that because um, I was home um through from middle school through high school and so I really only had people in the church and so um, it was a kind of a different way different experience um, you know than somebody else and so um, when that happened I kind of I was a little bit more because I had grown up in the church I was kind of on the side of just like hey I want to try to you know essentially quote-unquote like fix myself or whatever and kind of pray to gay away type of thing And I just kind of went through that for like a long while from that point through college. And it was just, it was crazy. It was really rough. (laughs) Um, You know, it was just very, very, very exciting. And um, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that's like, I'm I'm not here to bash anybody or to bash my passion like that, but it was something that was very hard and somewhat traumatic in my life. And, it wasn't until I had moved into Los Angeles um, that I started to, I, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even really exposed to the gay community in Los Angeles. I just had to be myself um, and just express myself. And at that point, um, I had just concluded like this is this is who I am. And you know, I while I still have you know some connection to like my faith, like I have different. beliefs you know, different, um, you know, just kind of understanding about how things are because of who I am and my own experiences. And so when that happened, um, I kind of came out again to, well, I came out again to like my family, but obviously like, you know, this is just who I am. Um, And I, but I know that you guys still love me, like no matter what. Um, And then it came out to my friends and it was just very, very um, subtle. Like I didn't have like a huge thing of like, oh, you know, Hey everybody Good. it was just kind of like this is am. <laughs> because the reality was like people kind of kinda of knew. They knew that something was going on. Um, you know, they just it wasn't like a confirmed thing. And so mm-hmm. um, it was really for me it was kind of a blessing in disguise for me just to be able to kind of just on my own terms and just do it and just you kind know, of come to a place of confirming who I am and the person that I've always you know, wanted to be. So that's kind of, long story short, that's how it happened.
2: <laughs> no, that's so. great. I love hearing that. And I was wondering that because I did read that you were homeschooled and everything. So I was wondering how how that goes. I guess it's kind of a blessing where you may not find out how to deal with kids, but also very isolating to I mean, we're talking about Corona 2020 here. That's the thing that yeah. worries me is we have a lot of gay kids that are now stuck at home that don't have any kind of outlet to that. And right. it kind of compares, to, I guess, being homeschooled. You don't have that outlet of talking to other people, beside and at least you had your church people to go to, and yeah. uh, that had to be very strange, very strange. But I'm glad you were able yeah. to go through that and hold your head up and really come out of it better on the other side. That's amazing.
5: Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I mean, um, it was it was something that you know it was hard at times because. I am somewhat of a social person. I mean, I have my times where I'm introverted, but like, I love people and I thrive off of the company of people. And um, it was, it was a strange time of, you know, trying to figure out how to really kind of make the best of it and the most of it. And, you know, I I feel, I feel thankful that like I had that time because it allowed me to develop um, and hone my craft in terms of singing um, and, during that time, because I literally would, you know, I would do my schoolwork, you know, in the morning, early afternoon, and I would have literally the rest of the day that I would just devote three, four hours to just singing in my room and having, like, pretend concerts and stuff and just pushing myself vocally the night. I feel like I ever would have been able to if I had gone to, a, you know, a public school or private school and everything like that. So right. I, do, I do attribute that time to, you know, developing, you know, and honing in my craft, which I'm thankful for.
2: That is great. And who did you listen to growing up? Did you have anyone in the comments? But you have an amazing range from your falsetto to your full throated voice. I mean, it's just such a a great voice. Who did you listen to growing up? Any influences or how did you kind of self teach yourself? I know you went to voice lessons later on, but were you self taught or how did that come about?
5: Um, Yeah. So basically, um, just from when I was a child growing up, my mom just music all the time in the house and I can never remember a time where there just wasn't music it was just always there and so anytime people ask me I just like to say that it was just kind of like a never a conscious thing because it was just always existing in the house and I played everything from Aretha Franklin to James Taylor, Stevie Wonder, Bonnie Raitt, uh Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald um, you know just a whole, whole slew of genres and i can't go guess, wrong there dude. those her.
2: are good choices <laughs> yeah good choices. yeah you know it was
5: <laughs> it was a lot of people and you know I still attribute that to my mother and you know i thank her so much every all the time because I doubt that i wouldn't have had the openness now that i do to just you know and the appreciation for just genres and music and so um growing up with that like i just my life was so um just kind of filled with just you know, music all the time that it was something that is naturally gravitated toward. And so as I started to, like, learn to sing and develop my voice as a young child, I was starting to develop an ear in terms of just, you know, who were, like, the amazing voices, you know, and with, that were standing out within the industry. So I started to kind of more on, obviously, like, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Tina Aguilera, um, and a bunch of those, you know, people. And a lot of them were primarily female artists. Uh, I just... I think that kind of has to do with just, obviously, you know, my sexual orientation, everything like that. But I did gravitate a lot more towards the female side of the industry versus, like, the male side. Um, And I think that That really kind of helped me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how things, you know, happen. And then, I mean, I was teaching myself up until college. Um, I was basically kind of self-taught. I did have, like, a year of classical training in like my first year of high school, but it was more for like operatic singing, and it wasn't really. I love opera and I love pop music, but it wasn't really the way that I wanted to go. And the, the my teacher was a little bit more adamant about me singing just strictly opera, and I was just like, ah, I don't know <laughs> about that. And so, um, you know, I ended up just you know just teaching myself again. But then in in college, I invested in a coach, and um, I still am with him to this day. His name is Billy Pernell. He's incredible. He coaches a lot of huge artists right now, and um, I just – he basically has just kind of – I came to him, and he was like, you don't really need to learn anything more. You just need to kind of, you know, have good coaching in terms of just then, you know, being able to understand the the throttles and everything like that, and he has helped me, you know, so much. Just there's been such an astronomic change from when I was, like, in high school through now, and I feel very blessed to have him as a coach. So, Yeah.
2: That is awesome. I love hearing that. That's funny about opera. I've never been an opera guy myself. I actually had a great, um, Zachary James was on my show at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the season, and he originated the role of Lurch in the Addams Family, of all things, from Broadway musical. (laughs) Now he's an opera singer full time, and it's like,
0: I just don't understand
2: the transition. It's, It's such a wild thing that (laughs) Um, I I appreciate people that can have that kind of diversity in music. I am just not there yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an
5: acquired taste, for sure, but, you know, it's such a... I think all, all types of music, you know, when you can have, like, an openness to all genres, there's just something so beautiful about, you know, how all that works, and also just, like, the fusion of it. I mean, for me, one of my favorite... Um, videos and like memories ever is just when I had discovered um, a video of Frank um, stepping in for Luciano Pavarotti at the Grammy, like I think eighty, and she's saying um, "Nessun Dorme," and um, she obviously she's saying you know the Italian words, but oh, so she she just delivered right. it and it was so incredible. So that's I just, that's what I love about music is that. It, you don't have to be in that genre, you know, but you can just kind of come in and appreciate it and love it for what it is. So, yeah.
2: Very, very true. Well said. Well said, my friend. Now, what about, what did you think about growing up? Um, the singing competition was something that was ever in the back of your mind? Like, I know Zach had auditioned for a couple, he had done both American Idol and The Voice. Uh, is this something that was ever in the back of your mind? Did you think, nah, it's not kind of a thing for me or, what was your original thoughts before you, uh, I think your voice teacher actually told you audition, right?
5: Yeah. So um, I had actually auditioned for American Idol in 2008, 2016. And um, I, it was definitely an interesting experience. Um, I, did, I didn't get as far as Zach. Cause, so Zach and I were actually roommates um, on the show for The Voice this year. So um, they, they oh, nice. put gays together, and it was perfect because um, I love him <laughs> so much. And we always, always catching up. But um, we kind of, you know, told our stories and everything. And he got far than I did. But I did the open call in San Francisco. And um, it, it, was, it was great in the experience of having to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and drive there with your mom and, like, wait in line for, like, six, seven, eight hours. Uh, oh, but man, it, was, yeah. it was definitely, it was definitely interesting, you know, cause it's just, a, it's just a process and people don't really see, you know, everything going on. Um, it was funny just cause like I was waiting there like all day, you get in the stadium, we had to wait another, like, you know, four or five hours and then you get down onto the floor and, and just, you're in a group of like four people and you get like a few <laughs> seconds and then, you know, by that time, and I got cut obviously, but by that time I was just like, I am ready to go home. So like I'm totally fine with it, um, and then I ended up actually opening for The Voice in 2015 as well. Um, but I make it past um, some of the earlier rounds, and then this year, excuse me, last year, I was with my. Actually, excuse me, it was in late 2018 that I had a session with my vocal coach Billy, and he was just like, "Hey, you know, um, I definitely think you should." To try out for the voice again. And I was like, at that time I was like, mm, okay. Sure. And I ended up doing it and I got through and it, it's been an amazing public. Nice.
2: Let's take a quick break. I want to play just a minute of your intro there uh, of the song you played uh, before the turnaround here. And then we'll be back on the other side. This is Jacob Daniel right. Murphy with his uh, blind audition for the voice. We'll be back on the other side here.
5: 27, and I'm from Elk Grove, California
2: Alright, and there it is Jacob Daniel Murphy, a one chair turn from, man, talk about your last second reprieve there uh, we had a good old Blake Shelton there turn around to the last second then they all were kicking themselves afterwards talk about that process, I mean you're, you're going there, you know you're in the last couple bars of the song, was that just nerve-wracking as hell or what?
5: Yeah, that was definitely nerve-wracking, to say the least. Um, I remember, I just remember, um, you know, kind of having all these different parts of the song just kind of planned for, like, I had, I had planned these little cool little things vocally, and I was like, all right, someone has a turn for this, someone's going to turn for that, da And then we get to the middle of the song, and I'm like, no one has turned, and I'm, like, starting to freak out a little bit. And by the end of the song... I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to make it. So let me just, let me just finish strong. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to half ass this like at all. So I was like, let me just finish strong. And I just remember closing my eyes um, and just letting the last, the last note kind of, you know, do its thing. And then I just hear like all this, you know, cheering and applause and I opened my eyes and Blake's lane was lit up and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was jumping up and down and, <laughs> Cheering! It was, it was so, it was so great. I had so much fun.
2: Well, it was crazy watching it because I thought you were so talented. And then I think Blake said it best. It's like, I thought I was going to lose everybody else. I thought everyone else was going to turn around and then when I thought I could steal at the end. It's like, go me. <laughs> and he was all excited at the end there. So that,
0: that yeah. song,
2: I'm, I'm so bad at music. I have to admit, I love listening to music, but I don't know music worth beans. I can't tell you things, anything. And I remember that yeah. song, uh, being recorded by Basha, who's one of my favorite artists i didn 't know Aretha yeah. that originally did that, but that was an original yeah. uh, an excellent arrangement that did to that song my friend that was terrific
5: thank you thank you so much yeah it was the the crazy
2: story about
5: that is uh well number one, just the fact that I was able to sing that song and ultimately pay tribute to Aretha i call her, I call her my fairy godmother um because she, again she's one of like the the artists that i've ever like listened to since I was like a baby and so um just the fact that i was able to you know sing that and pay tribute to her on the show nationally t- televised show was such a gr- dream come true for me um and then also the crazy thing about it is that <laughs> not a lot of people know but like i auditioned for american idol with that same song so to be able to really? actually audition yeah to be able to actually audition for the voice and actually get it, you know a chair turn you know, with that same song was huge for me in such a full circle moment. And I was just so, so thankful for that.
2: Very, very cool. I love that story. Now talk about, yeah. I mean, Blake, like I said, he is the winningest coach on The Voice. Men are the longest, obviously, so he has more chances. But he yeah. has brought some great people through that. had to be kind of exciting to be chosen from him. Tell me what that felt like and what is his coach? I asked Zach, um, John Legend's coaching style was, how much time did you get with Blake, and what was his coaching style like? And what did you take away the most from him?
5: Yeah, um, the, the awesome thing about just that whole experience was the fact that everything it was just it was nothing the way I expected it to be, and it was so much better. Um, and oh, nice. it, I just remember it was so funny. I had you know preferences for like. Kelly or John into it and by the time obviously my my song was done I was just happy to had a chair turn and then I ended up you know realizing you know Blake one has had the most wins on the show um and two like normally he's one of the coaches that has kind of like a wild card artist um on his team a lot of times and so to be you know kind of that person team was so it was so thrilling because I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is actually really amazing. And then when we got to around to filming for the battles and like that, I had such an incredible time with him, just learning from him and just working with him. And he's so he's so kind and just so genuine and it and it was such a blessed to be able to kind of, you know, just sing for him and be able to work with him period. So um yeah.
2: That is very cool. I like hearing that. I like that he's inspired. I mean, I remember, like, I've watched The Voice from the beginning. I've watched all these shows from the beginning, to be honest, because I'm old. But anyway, um, <laughs> he was always the one that would take his artists to the county fairs with him during the summertime. And he was always very good at nurturing to his artists, no matter what part of the competition they were at from the beginning yeah. to the end. So it's good to hear that it was kind of that good experience for him. I'm glad to hear that.
5: Yeah, uh, I I really appreciated that from him. And I think the, the best part was. I think you asked me kind of what I learned from him. And for me, it was just, yeah, I was just saying that I just really appreciated, you know, that whole experience with him. Just, I had learned sub, such, you know, valuable lessons from him and just things. Um, and, and he just gave such great wisdom in terms of just, you know, not being afraid of, you know, who I am and, and who I'm supposed to be. And in terms of just how being my authentic self, is is what really matters Um, not just the music industry but also in life and that really helped me just through this process and and is i just know that like even after exiting the show i nothing could ever bring me down because i just had such a new level of confidence um you know and happiness just you know with this whole thing with myself and so i i appreciate i love blake
2: (laughs) that is great i love hearing that that is so cool and You got to take us behind the curtain a little bit. I mean, he teases himself. Does he really drink as much as we think he drinks on that show and everywhere else? (laughs) I, to
5: be honest, I'm not entirely sure because the times that I was with him, Uh he did have water.
2: I like it. I like that. We don't know if it's a, if a persona or not, that's very fun. All right. Well, let's get into this battle round here. Um, He put you up against Tanisha Harris of all people, I can't imagine two two different people going against each other, but you did compliment each other so well. Talk about your feelings going into that round.
5: You know, um, it's funny when people, you know, ask me, because I had such an incredible time and experience with Tanisha. Um, we just, kind of like you said, we come into each other so well and it was never, even from the get-go, it was never kind of a, uh, uh, you know, me versus her thing at all. Like it was just, we had bonded so much through that process that it, we, we, it really felt like just singing you know, a duet and just killing it. And so I, I'm so thankful to have had that, you know, opportunity to be able to sing with her and to just learn from her. Cause you know, she has so much more, she, she's more polished. And more seasoned than I am as an as an as an artist as a singer, and to be able to share the stage with her and be able to, you know, kind of keep up with her was such a great opportunity.
2: Well, and the thing I liked about, it, like I said, is you guys are both so good in and of yourself that it really shows when you when we put you two together. It makes a magical experience because it really shows the differences of your tones, but it shows you what each of you are capable of, and and it right. showed her her polishes, but it showed. Your originality and what you were able to bring to it was such determination and some great notes there that people didn't expect and I think the other judges went a little crazy for you there. So that was that was cool. Do you think about in the back of your mind the saves? You guys have to tally those because I know they filmed those out of sequence so you never I don't know if you guys know how many saves and blocks whatever they have left. Does that go through your mind when you're singing it at the time or afterwards? Yeah, I mean I have to be
5: careful probably, what I'm saying, but, um, by that sure. time, let's just say that like, I had already knew I was like this, there's, there's nothing left. So I just need to just do my best, um, gotcha. you know, and just try to, try to kill it. And even beyond that, cause I kind of knew, but I was just like, all right, like, I need to kill it anyways, because this is going to be immortalized, you know, um, for the, on the internet. So, and luckily, like, that's exactly what happened and all you know, the feedback and the response has been so incredible. You know, people just kind of, you know, commenting and complimenting me just on the performance and just kind of rallying behind me. Um, even though, you know, it's just a matter of like, Oh wow. Like, you know, we wish you were, we wish you were saved or something like that. And so because of that, people have just been kind of reaching out and saying such incredible things. Um, and so it's been, it's been really great. I love it. Fantastic.
2: Well, I told Zach, I'm going to be the president of the writing community to get the two of you on Kelly's show. That's all I want, is I want you two to <laughs> sing a duet or something on Kelly's show, and I'll be a happy camper for the rest of my summer. Yes. That would make me very yes. happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. So talk to me now. Um, you've, you've had this done. It's been uh, recorded for a while now. We don't even know if there's going to be live rounds. That's one of the things I talked to Zach about is, Really, except for these, um, the uh, upcoming knockout rounds, you guys have as much airtime as everyone else on the show, so you really have a good uh, a platform to go here. How are you h- hoping to use the platform, and what do you want to kind of do from here?
5: Yeah, um, to be honest, um, you know, I'm, just, I'm really hoping to use this platform to help reach more people just with what I'm doing in music as an artist. Um, and just hoping to, you know, kind of bring a different sound um, based, like, in, in the music industry than there is currently right now, especially as uh, as a gay artist um, in my genre. I think that's what's really kind of the point to talk about is just, like, there's not a whole lot. I mean, you have people like Sam Smith, um, who has a little bit of, like, R&B and soul, but he's, Primarily, he's a lot more pop, mainstream pop. And my music and my style is definitely more of that alternative R&B, soul, um, urban pop nice. side. And I, that's a little bit more of uncharted territory. I think there's, I think there's definitely artists out, out there, but in terms of just, you know, the level of exposure, I, I don't know if there's a lot right now. I, that's, that's kind of where I'm going toward in terms of just kind of paving the way for a lot of us where, um, you know, kind of a different genre, but, you know, our sexual orientation is a huge part of who we are, and it's something to represent in music. So I'm excited to kind of move forward with that.
2: That's great. And we were talking off air a bit. Um, You're a songwriter yourself, and so you also have even ghostwritten for some other artists. What kind of inspires you lyrically, or what kind of songs do you tend to write? Um, what's your process for getting a song out there? What's your inspirations? Um, so
5: a lot of my inspiration comes from just kind of the life that I'm currently living. And um, it's funny, whenever I'm writing for other people um, or I'm doing fiction writing, I don't tend to add a lot of my life into those songs because <laughs> Sometimes I'm either writing for a specific artist or I'm too scared to open up, <laughs> stuff like that. i a few times, but it's just very little. Um, but when it comes right. to like my own stuff, it's no, there's no subject that is, you know, off limits. There's nothing in no turn. There's just, uh, I just kind of write about anything and everything. And um, it's such a beautiful process because music, music and writing and everything like that, it's such a beautiful thing to kind of, Um, create and I love how it just uh, impacts people and affects people and for me my biggest thing is like I just I want to be able to move people through music um, especially emotionally just to be able to kind of because I always have loved how music can change moods you know and kind of get you to a place of relating to something or someone and so um, I'm really excited to kind of put out I'm I'm working on my first uh, like legitimate project, <laughs> uh, like ever, <laughs> which is funny because I've been doing music my whole life. But I, the last original piece that I've ever released was like five years ago on my SoundCloud when wow. I was in college, and it was a, it's a great song. And I'm actually I think I might actually redo it and like reproduce it and re-release it. Um, but yeah. so so much time has gone by since then, and I feel like I've grown so so much as an artist um, and, as, and as a singer since that uh, first song, and so I've literally spent, like, the last, you know, two, three years in artist development, just kind of, you know, figuring out my sound, and just writing a bunch of songs, and and working with different producers to kind of hone in on the one that I'm with now, and he's incredible, and so I'm excited to kind of release this first project to the world, and kind of get the ball rolling with, with all of that.
2: Well we are ready for it and here for it, my friend. I'm so excited to Thank wait you. to uh to hear it. Uh, last question, talk about that. What would a dream collaboration be for you right now? If you could uh work with any artists out there right now, who would you like to maybe either write with or perform with or both? Uh it's a killer question. Oh my <laughs> god.
5: Um you know Probably say uh, there's 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 three top people, but out of those three, I would probably choose uh, Jasmine Sullivan. She is one of my biggest influences, um, just vocally um, and songwriting wise. She's a beast. Always, always, always wanted to just just be in her presence or you know sing with her. And so to be able to collaborate with her in some way would just be such a huge dream come true because um, she's so underrated, but she's just so in- incredibly amazing. Um, so, yeah, definitely Jasmine Sullivan.
2: I love that. I will check her out. Um, I was, my friend, we were in New York City forever ago, and my best friend at the time hooked me on to Alicia Keys before she was really Alicia Keys. <laughs> when mm. she was just her very first album, and she played, and uh, I don't know if it was the Barnes & Noble or the, tower records in new york city i can't remember where it was at yeah. but i saw her before her first album ever came out and it's like when you find wow. someone like that and you see that kind of artistry that's so exciting so it sounds like you're really excited with that so i'm gonna have to check that person out i love yeah. recommendations like that
0: <laughs>
2: super duper we can't wait to see where you're going my friend i think we're going to see big things from you jacob let all my uh, listeners know where they can find you, you got a website now, you are gonna to start to put some music out and your social media. Where can they find you at?
5: Yeah, um, so you guys can find me my all my social media handles are just love jdm and that's L U V J D M. And then my website, which has just kind of full demos right now, um, is literally the same thing. It's just it's just love JDM.com.
2: Very, very cool. Well, guys, check it out. We are going to play out to a, a snippet of one of Jacob's covers here tonight. Jacob, thanks so much for being on the Leftist Right show. We're going to do a five questions with Jacob, so be sure to look out for that for our bonus content. Appreciate having you on the show, my friend. Thanks for calling in.
5: Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: All right. Well, stay on the line, everyone. Here is a little snippet uh, of a cover by our featured guest today, Mr. Jacob Daniel Murphy. We'll be right back. You'll listening the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. Hey, guys, we're running out of time. We'll play Daniel's song. Uh, What's the Daniel? Sorry about that, Jacob. We'll play Jacob Daniel Murphy's song um, on the next episode here. Guys, thanks for tuning in. we got so many great interviews to come on the Left of Straight show tomorrow I have Michael Verratti, an amazing writer, producer, director, actor. He's done it all. And direct from Broadway, we have Adam Rothenberger, who does the Call Me Adam blog and podcast. He talks with some of the best Broadway and New York performing artists around. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Next week, as I said, I have so many interviews coming down the pike. I think we're going to go five days for a while during Corona 2020. I have Ryan Carnes from General Hospital coming on. Duke Mason, of co son of Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's, who is a great political activist and has his own Duke's download show on YouTube right now. And to meet some fantastic people. Fred Carger, who is actually the very first person to run for as an openly gay presidential candidate. Paul Richmond, the artist, very good friend of mine, Carson Jones will be coming for the very first time on the show. Lots and lots and lots of interviews coming down the pike. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. That's a straight show. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. Bye bye.